Shalom, and thank you for listening to our podcast. I'm Shmuley Yanklowitz, the president and dean of Valley Beit Midrash. At VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning, bringing cutting-edge ideas and innovative and pluralistic Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion, but we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and the world. Please visit www.valleybaitmidrash.org. Thank you so much, and enjoy the program. ago from Israel, so you have to take in consideration that my English is even, even less, even poorer than the regular. Since we are approaching, shalom, shalom, uh, we are now in the beginning of Sfirat HaOmer, we're approaching Chag HaShavuot, uh, I would like to try to learn together the, the one specific aspect of the Ten Commandments, Aseret Adibot, and to deal with the questions that I believe it's very, very important. I'll put it in this way. Either connection, real connection, between the two dimensions, the vertical one and the horizontal one, the Ben Adam Lechavero, between men and men, mitzvot, commandments, and Ben Adam Lamakom, between men and God. As we know, the Torah includes two uh, kinds of mitzvot, between men and God, ben adam lamakom, like kashrut, like tefillah, like uh, all um, holidays or whatever, and uh, many other mitzvot as well. And there is uh, ben adam lechavo, between men and men, mitzvot like ve'avta l'archa kamocha and lo tignov, etc., etc. Obviously, to be a religious Jew is to try to, to do your best in these two levels, but is there any real connection between them or not. So, uh, uh, because, or, or let's, uh, if you'll put it in a more uh, superficial way, I will ask, to be religious, not necessarily Jewish, to be religious, it makes you a better human being? Or, maybe you can say, there are many very, very good people that are atheistic, they are not religious at all. On the other hand, unfortunately, there are people that they religious, they see themselves as religious, and they are quite not such a good uh, human being. So um, we'll try to deal with this, this issue uh, through the Aserta Dibod and then try to find any, any uh, aspect to, to deal with this issue. So if we'll see in this side of the daf, we have the Ten Commandments, we'll see the left side, and usually the Chalukah, the division, is that the first, one, the first five dealing with Ben Adam now come between men and God. So let's read them. The first one, Anuchi Hashem. I am in, in the right side, uh, in the left side of the daf, but in the right side of the, of the, the right luach. Eh? Kalam. Okay, the two tablets. So the right uh, tablet. Anuchi Hashem, I am your God. This is Emunah, believe in God. And lo the second commandment, lo Elohim achrim, do not have other gods. So it's the same to the negative side of, of uh, the first one. Do not say the name of God in vain. And the fourth, uh, fourth one is Shabbat. Remember the day of Shabbat. And then the fifth one is 
Kabed et Avicha Vetimecha, honor your father and your mother. And then we have the last five, the bo- all of them are Ben Adam Lechavro between men and men. Lo Tirzach, you shall not murder, Lot enough, you should not commit adultery, Lot Ignov, do not steal. You should not bear a false witness. But it's all, all, the, all the things that are related to bad things that you can do by your mouth, by, by speaking, by uh, uh, wrong speaking. And you should not covet. So what is the difference between lotignov and lotachmod? Lotignov is do not steal. Ma? Action versus hurt. No? Yeah, we do. Actions versus Hurt, oh, oh, okay. So, usually, the classic division speaks about the fifth one are be, between men and God, and, and the, the other one, the, the, other five, the other five, are between men and men. What's the problem with this division? Five. Huh? So Number five. Right. I know your father and mother. Right. So why it's in the right side? Do you have any idea about it? If this is a division, so it's supposed to be on the other side. Why Kabedet Avicha Vetimecha, only your father and mother, are in the first five? Freud. Okay. This is one way to look at it. Freud. Okay, explain. At least in the early Calvin experience, you access God through the parents. You access God through your parents. Okay, okay. Any other idea? Okay, maybe if I'll, I try to draw it, I'll say that Ben Adam it's like this. Ben Adam Lamakom is like this. Between me and my parents, it's like it's alachson. It's how is alachson diagonal? Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's not mutual like Ben Adam Lachavero. I have to respect them; they don't have to respect me. But it's not like God. But it's it's something in between. They, they um, you know, Chazal says that Shlosha Shutafim Badam, there are three partners in the creation of a human being Aviv, Veimo, Vakadosh Bahu, Father, Mother, and Hashem. So, in a way, there are three partners, and, and, uh, and we have to remind ourselves that it's not mutual. Uh, I always uh, say, my, my, I, I usually teach young uh, students in the yeshiva, so I, I, I say that, you know, the Torah have to tell us to respect our parents. But there's no something about parents to, towards you. Why? Because maybe, you know, it's not necessary. The, the love that we feel to our children is something so natural, we don't have to, to give a mitzvah, to read a commandment about it. We have to try to find a balance by, by, by tell us to respect our parents because it's not, I always say to my, my, my students, until you have your own child, you will understand it. Although I have a very good uh, feelings to my parents. My, my father just uh, passed away a few months ago, but, but uh, with my mom. But the same, when I try to compare it to my feelings to my children, it's completely different, you know. It's, it's, and therefore, I have to tell us, so it's, it's something in between Ben Adam Lamakom and Ben Adam Lachavero. Okay. But now I'd like to offer a different way to look at the structure of the Aserta Dibot. And I'd like, you, I'd like to offer you to say that there is a casual connection between the first two and the last one. And then the third one. And Lot Yisayat Shem Hashem Lashav and Lot Anemarachayat Shakir do not, uh, shall not um, a false witness, a uh, uh, bearer and, and all the rest. So I, I try to say that there is a, 
three magalim cycles. There is a common denominator between the first two and the last one, the third and the ninth, and all the bifnim. And I'll ask you to try to offer what I'm speaking about. What is in common between the first two and the last one, and then the third and the ninth, and all the rest? And, and, and just remember what uh, Rabbi Shmuley said about what is the difference between don't, do not covet and do not steal. How do you do it? What is the difference between lotignov, actually actions, and lotachmod, the desire to, to do it, and the plan to do it, to take something that it's not yours? Okay, what is the second? What? Why? Yeah. If you say the name of God. Okay, very good. How do, how do you do it? With which part of your body we do both of them? Yeah, very, very nice. So the second cycle is by mouth. Okay, the first one. The first two and the last one? Uh, Emunah, believe in God. And Lotachmod, do not covet. Well, it's thinking, it's your brain. It's in your brain, in your mind. So the first, the ma'agal chitzoni, how do you say, the, the external, uh, 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 the first two and the last one is by your mind, by your spirit, by, by your machshava. The third is a dibur, by mouth, and all the bifnim is ma'aseh, actually doing. So there is a ma'agal, the, 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 are you with me? Okay? The machshava, uh, dibur, and ma'aseh. So in the first five, it begins with machshava, with mind, Believe in God, and then mouth, Lord Yisrael, Hashem, Hashem, Lashav, and then actions, Shabbat, Kabed, Vechulei. The last five begins with actually doing, do not murder, do not commit adultery, and then dibur, Lotan Ebrachai Chakir, do not use your mouth in a wrong way, and then the machshava. Even don't think about take something that's not yours. Someone else. Property, someone else, wife, lot do not covet. So, my next question is to you, why in the first five, ben adam lamakom, the order is from machshava, think, dibur, and maaseh. In the last five, ben adam lachavero, between men and his man, is first of all actions, and then mouth, and just then, your desire. Lama? What is, it, what is the idea behind it? Why between man and God, first of all, is... Why? What can be the reason? I think it's, it's quite understandable. By a chassim, in, in the relationship with God... Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe it will help to, to explain the question. Tell, what, what was the question? And then to actions, and but on the ethics side between people, why is it the reverse? Order? Yeah. Right? Okay. okay. I, I think I think that when we start our relationship with God, first of all, is without emuna, without believing God, there is nothing. I have to start with with emuna, and then just after afterwards, I have any sort of verbal communication with Him, tefillah, for example. And then we come to the mitzvot, actually doing. 
But when it, is, it comes to the moral issues, first of all, I, I don't, inter I, it, it doesn't matter if you, if you understand or not understand, if you believe in it or not. First of all, do not murder. First of all, do not commit adultery. First of all, is, is actions. When it comes to the moral issues, first of all, is actions. And then afterwards, the higher level challenge is even don't uh, uh, use your mouth, your, your speech in a wrong way. This is a higher level. Like Lashonara, like Sheker, how do you say Lashonara? Uh, Lashonare, no? How do you say Lashonara in English? Gasip uh, uh, or whatever. Uh, this is a higher level. It's not like stealing or murdering or whatever. And then the highest level is Lotachmod. Even try don't to, to desire and to covet someone that it's not yours. This is the highest level. So, in my, so I'll say it again. In between man and God, first of all, is emunah, and then just speaking, and then we come to actions. But when you come to the moral issues of the, between man and man, first of all, just behave in a right way. Do not commit adultery, do not steal, etc. And then the higher level, the next level is even be delicate, be, be, be moral in your, in your using your, your speech, and then come to the machshava. But when you come to the 10th commandment, there is a problem. What is the problem that... Olam just, 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 just when you, about lot do not covet. What's the problem with this commandment? Can you control it? Can you give a commandment that it's, it's something that it's not, you know, you can't tell someone, although you have the desire, don't do it. But how can the Torah, can try to, to com can, can you control, can the Torah give this kind of mitzvah that is depend on, you, on your, you know, it's, it's something that automatically it's, it's happened when I see something, so, I want it. And actually, this, this is a question of the Ibn Ezra. He was a commentator. Ken Vakasha. Yeah. As our esteemed rabbi here is always preaching to us. Yes, that. You control it through habit. Through habit. You control it through doing things in a certain way repetitively. Okay. So, so then you can control your actions, but can you control by, by doing it your thoughts, your feelings, your inclinations? It's a question. I, I, I'm just, I, I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe it's a, a right way. But you know, Ken, Vakasha. Along that ways, but also how, okay, so instead of it being in two columns, what if you imagine it more as a circle? Yeah. And then instead of the, the last one, you know, you know, you don't want easily to get away from that is then you start thinking about God and you think Wow, wow. Toda, thank you. Okay, we'll come to it in, in, in a minute. Wow, great. Okay, so let's go step by step until we'll come to the great idea that, what is your name? Robin. Robin uh, just offered. Okay, let's go to the Ibn Ezra. Ibn Ezra, in source number, um, in the other side of the, of the, of the sheet, uh, Ibn Ezra. So uh, maybe someone will volunteer to read the straight English version. Many people, can you can see? One A here. Someone can volunteer to read it? Please, Vakasha. Maybe. Can, can, please. Many people will be puzzled by this command, not to cover. Is it conceivable that there should exist a man who does not, who does not at some time or another cover the beautiful object? Let me know now, give, let me now give you a parable. A country yokel in his right senses will not covet in his heart to possess a beautiful princess, since he knows that this is impossible. 
just the same, just the same as he will not seriously desire to have wings like a bird. For this reason, the thinking person will neither desire nor covet, since he knows that the Almighty has forbidden him to think right. Such a course of action will be even further from his mind than from that of the country yokel in regard to the princess. He will therefore rejoice in his portion and not turn his attention to coveting and desiring things not belonging to him. Knowing that the Almighty does not wish to give it, to give it him, he will realize that he cannot take it by force or through his desire. Okay. Thank you. So let's think about what Ibn Ezra offered here. Ibn Ezra was a parshan, was a commentator in the 12th century, in the Middle Ages, so it's very important to know it because in his time, the, the gap between the proletarian, the, the, how, how do you call it, the farmers, this yokel, uh, how do you call it? Yokel, uh, this, this um, simple man and the princess was, was like, you know, even the desire he does, anyway, like the other examples that he gives, that someone wants to be rich, but he doesn't want uh, to wake up in the morning and to have wings like, like birds. Because it's, it's illogical for him to desire a princess. It's something so, it's so out of his mind, so even he don't have the desire. And therefore, what is the way to fulfill Lot Ahmad? Can you actually give the mitzvah, can you control when it comes? When the desire comes to control the thing and the feeling, I'm not sure. But you say, you say, if you will educate yourself from the time that you are young, that something it's not yours, it's not yours, and from the beginning it will be far away in your mind, like the princess in, in, the, in the heart of, of the kafri, of the simple man. So it, it means, I'm not sure that you can give a mitzvah when you come to the place, when you come to the, to the, when you come to the, to the moment of, of the yetzerah, of the inclination of, of desire, okay, you have to control your deeds, your actions. That's definitely. To say that right now you can just turn off your desire, it's very difficult to say, but you can, from the beginning, educate yourself that it's, it's for so high, it's so out of his... This, this is the way that you think about things. This is the offer of Ibn Ezra. But now I'd like to offer another approach that apparently it seems to be very weird. It, it, it looks very weird, but in second, when, when we look at, the, at it in, in, in the second machshava, second way of thinking, we'll find that maybe there is a point in what he's saying. And this parashan is much less famous. His name is Aktava Kabbalah. He, is, he lived in, in Europe, in Western Europe, in the 18th um, century. And he offered something else. How can I deal with this commandment? Lot do not covet. Okay, any other uh, um, volunteer? to the Ketav uh, Kabbalah is in source number two, here. Makasha, toda. Why did the Torah state, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, would it not have been sufficient to write simply, thou shalt love the Lord with thy heart? What is the significance of the insertion of all? But the verse signifies that your heart should be completely full of love for God, and there should be no room for both love of God and love of the world. For in the latter case, it is not full of love of God, but rather half of it is dedicated to God and half to yourself, and this is not called with all your heart. 
Whoever fulfills the above precept will therefore find his heart overflowing at all times with the consciousness of the holiness of the deity. It will be impossible for him to covet any of the desirable things of this world which meet his gaze. He who fulfills, and thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, cannot possibly covet any prohibited thing at all, since his heart is continually preoccupied with joyous love of God. Okay, what, what do you think about his offer? It's quite weird. Why? Is it really that all wants us to... Someone that he, is it really like this, that if you love God in all your heart, you cannot, you cannot love your family, you cannot love your wife, you cannot love... You know, is it Torah wants to teach us to be so detached from reality, so that, that you'll be just meshugal Elohim, just, just crazy about God, and then you cannot really covet something else? It seems to be very... Okay, Bakasha. The amount of love one could have finite? Do you love God infinitely and still have room to love others infinitely as well? And therefore, so it, it's, it's not convincing. So it, it's love, it's not uh, like uh, there is a, a room for 100 uh, kilos of love and then if you're full of love and God, it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Okay. So let's put it aside and we'll come back to the Ketavah Kabbalah in a few minutes. It's, apparently, it seems to be very muzar, very lomeshachnea. How do say? Not convincing or whatever. Okay. So let's put it aside and I'll go to another mitzvah, maybe one of the most famous psukim in the Torah. So we just have read it last week, parasha, in parasha Kedoshim, in here in number three. Do not take revenge from your. People and uh, your friends, and you have to love the other like yourself. Ani Hashem. Okay, okay, okay. So first of all, what is the kesher? What is the connection between the last two words and the beginning of the sentence? What is Ani Hashem doing it, doing here? Okay, do not take revenge. I can understand. It's a moral issue. You have to love the other like yourself. I can understand. It's a moral issue. What, what is the connection between this and Ani Hashem? I'm God. But my second question is, by the way, what is the difference between Lotikom Velotitor? Okay, so let's read source number four. It's a midrash in Sifra that explains what's the difference between Lotikom, Nekima, it's revenge, and Netira. I don't, I don't know how to say it in English. Okay, let's, let's read source number four. Okay, maybe someone can read source number four. You shall not take revenge. Akasha? You shall not take vengeance. What is the extent of One says to another, lend me your sickle, and the other refuses. The next day, the latter says, lend me your assay, and the one replies, actually, just as you do not lend me your sickle, such behavior is condemned, and you shall not take vengeance. You shall not bear a grudge. What is the extent of bearing a grudge? One says to another, lend me your axe, and the other refuses. The next day, the latter says, lend me your sickle, and the former replies, here you are, I am not like you, who didn't lend me your axe. Such behavior is condemned in, you shall not bear a grudge. Bear a grudge. So what's wrong about bearing a grudge? What's wrong? He gave, he gave him in the other way, and he even, even gave him an example. Be like myself, that I'm not like you, that you didn't give me. Yes, so what's wrong about it? 
גם נתן לו, he gave him, and he even gave him a lesson. So what's wrong about, about it? What's so wrong about it? The Torah is telling us, in the same level, לא תקום ולא תתעור. So, yeah. Better than you. And you know, obviously if he came, he, he regret about what happened yesterday. So you don't have to say it in words, and you don't just, just to be arrogant about it. Just give him, try to forget. Try to forget and, 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 and open a new page. Otherwise, it, it, it's, so, it's, so, it's so ugly, it's so nice. It's, so, it's not, not nice. But the question is, it's a very nice when we read about it here in the air condition, in this beautiful room. But when it, take, when it comes to Lemaise, someone did some, something bad to you, it's very, very difficult to forget it. Very difficult not to take revenge. It, obviously, not Lito, to, how do you say, to, to bear a grudge. It's very difficult. You know, just yesterday, you said this nasty word to me. How can you come tomorrow and ask me a favor? Be ashamed about it. It's very, it's very difficult just to forget it. So let's see three of our sages, our parashanim, how they offered when it comes in the ground, how to deal with this regesh, so natural uh, feeling that we have to take revenge. It's, it's so, it's so, it's so, uh, 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 it's so human, just uh, you feel that you have to, to give back to someone that, that did something wrong to you. So let's see, first of all, the offer of the Talmud Yerushalmi in source number five, it's in Aramaic, so even in Ivrit it's not. So let's read uh, 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 directly the English uh, 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 version. What, what is the way? How can not taking revenge and uh, bearing a grudge uh, be achieved? If a man was cutting a meat and the knife entered his hand, can by mistake, would he injured hand retaliate by cutting the other hand? So what is the idea behind it? We are all together like one body, one organism. When someone they hurt me, and I will give a revenge. So it means like right hand is, is take revenge from the other hand. But what is the problem with this very nice idea that someone did something wrong to me? I do not feel that he's like my second hand. <laughs> you know, I prefer to be gidem. How do you say gidem in English? Uh, without a hand, if, if he's my second hand, I prefer to be just, no, neche with a gidem. How do you say, ma? כן,שירתולות,כן,אמפיוטיזן,זה,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,אם,
So let's see another option how to deal with it from Sefer HaChinuch. Okay, someone else. Number six, Sefer HaChinuch was written in the Middle Ages as well. No, even, no, even a little bit later in the 15th uh, century. Okay, Mikore, number five. Nurav Shmuli, maybe you will... Say number six? Yeah. What do you think about it? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> ah, sorry? Does that say there's not evil? That that an evil occurs is our response that this is this is God's will? Yeah. Because this is what in many ways is kind of the Orthodox response to the uh, Holocaust. It's, it's very problematic. Very problematic to say someone did something bad to me. That he's just a shaliyah, he's just a messenger. Actually, if it happened to me, so God sent it to me. You know, we believe in free choice. You know what? I have an idea. I'll give you a box back, and it's not me. I'm just a messenger for God. So I take revenge, and I, it's not me. So that's okay, I'll kill you. But it's not me, because it just, you know, if it happened to you. So, so, so what is the idea behind it? He really doesn't believe, literally, that it means that, that if something bad happened to you, you have to ignore the, the man that did it to you. So I'll, I'll try to, to justify in, in a way. What, is it, what can it be he meant to? It cannot be just like, like you have said, just justify it because if it happened, so it means that this is a God will. Because we know we have the free choice. Someone did something bad to me. We have to judge him. We have to, you know, otherwise you, you cannot judge anyone. You just say, okay, if he did it, so it, it was the will of God. So I believe that he wants to, to offer, he doesn't mean to say that he is not someone to blame, but he say, when you look at, upon yourself, you can't take this hurt that you have to different directions. You can't take the, the, your power and your intention how to take revenge. And you can take it to a different place that will improve your life, that will try to see how can I learn from it and to make myself a better person. And, and maybe Hashem sent it to me in order that I will learn something from it. It doesn't mean that he is not one to blame, but this is not your job to punish him. Hashem will, have, will, will find a way how to punish him. You, if you just give him back, and he will give you back, and, and all the hate, hatred in the world will, will become more and more, just try to stop it. You know, he's, he's not a good man, but it's not your business. You try to think about yourself, how can you use as a message from God to you how to improve your life by this sad event that happened to you. So it doesn't mean that it's, it's not a full answer that really takes the responsibility for someone that committed this evil to you. But in the same way, it's a way, I think, of dealing with something that maybe will help you to overcome the problem in a better way. I think this is the way, the intention of Sefer HaChinuch. And now we'll come to the last one, the Rambam. The great, great, greatest Rambam, Maimonides. And he offering three words, something that I always say, it's a matana l'chaim, it's a present for life. Mamash kacha, if you just can take it to your life, it's something that... Okay, let, let's see... Uh, Source number seven. 
I'll read it in Ivrit, and then Rav Shmuley will read it in English. And there's just four words, six words, that I think here is a great, great idea behind it. אוקיי, אינגליש פליז. מה כתוב כאן? מה כתוב שהכל אצל המבינים, it's like a code in the language of the Rambam. One of the main problems in our life are when, in, when it comes to the moments that we lose the right proportions to things. Something, someone did something, something bad to me. And sometimes in this moment I'm so angry and sometimes people do tragic things. Tragic mistakes in this kind of, of moments, because of, of a broken heart, or because of anger, or because something, someone can do terrible things. If he just would have put it in the right proportion, and will put it in Be'ashva, uh, in comparison to the real important things in your life, then you can overcome it. You can, you can, you can, if you just remember the important things in your life, what you will remember from this incident in a month, in a year, in 10 years, He said a very nasty word to you yesterday. And now we are so insulted and so angry about it. And, so, and, and, and you want to just take two steps back and think about the important things in your life, about important values in your life. And then you can take a breath and, and, and a deep breath and say, okay, okay, it wasn't so nice, but there is something... more important in my life. And then you can take lotikom to your life. If you have the right proportion to things, if you know Ani Hashem, as Robin, you have said, if you know, if you remember the important things in your life, standing in front of God, then you can deal with the day-to-day -day life, with the moral issues in your life in a much better way. Because you have the right proportions to life. If everything is just around you, my ego is the center of my life, just I want to think to myself, and then if someone hurt me, now I have to take revenge and I, I cannot forgive. I, I just do... If you know there is something... You have the right proportions to things in your life, then there is a better way that you can deal with the moral issues as well. Now I'm coming back to the Ketav Kabbalah. It doesn't mean actually literally when you love God, then there is, there's no room to, in your heart to, to cover other things. But no, when you love God, you know what is really important in your life, then there is a better way to deal with other things, with your yetzera, with your bad inclinations, with your, your desires, because you know that you are standing in front of God. You know that this is what is really important in your life. So 
what I'm trying to say, if I'm coming back to the structure of Aseret Adibot, it just, it, the Kesha, the connection between Anuya Hashem and Lot Achmod, it means if you have Anuya Hashem in your life, you believe really in God, if you really feel the presence of God in your life, then you have a better way to deal with the moral issues as well. And even to control your feelings and your thoughts because you know what is really important in your life. I must tell you, a few years ago, when I, I gave this year in, in an Israeli group, non-religious uh, people, and, and then someone, uh, someone on the audience, he stood up and he said to me, Rav Yudha, what you have said now from the books, I will tell you from my life. And he, and he spoke about, about his life uh, when he was, was totally detached from anything in Yehadut, and, 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 and he said, what I had in my life was just to improve my economical situation and to uh, change uh, my, my uh, cars every six months and, and to have uh, all the... And when I, when I came home, when I, when I found myself in, in, my, in the Jewish culture, I know there is Shabbat in my life. And Shabbat changed all the proportions in my life because there's something much more important than having a new car and having a new place to, to visit a, a abroad or whatever. There's something more important. My family, I see my, my, my kids. And then I have a better way to deal with moral issues. And, and even to, to deal with my yetzera, my, my bad inclination, because I know what is really important in my life. So if I'll come back to the Ten Commandments, I really, what, what I try to, to offer here is, is to share with you the machshava about the connections, the deep connection between morality and believing in God. You know what? I'll tell you a story. It just happened to me a few days ago. Last Lel Shabbat, I have the privilege to have a Shabbat, Saudat Shabbat, together with the Archbishop from Canterbury. He came to Israel, and for some reason, he wanted to come to Kibbutz Lavi, a small village in the Galil, and to have Saudat Shabbat, to come to the Tfilah, to see the Tfilah of Jews. He's, you know, he's like the Pope of the Anglican Church, about just 70, 80 million uh, believers or something like this. Katana Lenu, okay? Uh, and and he, he's a very interesting uh, uh, human being. And, and we have a sicha, we, we, we have a chat, and, and he said, he's uh, a really impressive uh, personality, and he said, you know what? Few uh, years ago, the English government came with a new idea that we have to be, to, to input, to inject values in the education system. Very nice. Which kind of values? Three main values. First of all is democracy. Second one is the rule of law. And the third one is tolerance. Sounds very good. Tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. tolerance. It sounds very good. But I'm, I want to tell you that all of them, that for me it's very disappointed. Why? Democracy is very important. But just think about German, the 30s. The Nazis, they took the government by total fair and, and just uh, democracy. It was fair elections. No one doubt about the elections that, that took them to, to, to power in, in German democracy. The rule of law. Which kind of law? Sometimes there are wrong laws. If you are not standing... And, and the same with tolerance. It, it, can, it can bring you to be indifferent. It doesn't mean responsibility. They have responsibility for the other. Just to be tolerant. Live and, and, and let to live. It means that I don't really care about the other. If you don't, and, and then he said, if you don't 
put God in your mind, if, you, if you're not standing in front of God, you cannot really rely on these values by themselves. If you have these systems that, that this is a pillar in your, in, your, in your... And I think this is basically the idea of Aserta Dibot. It starts with Ani Hashem, with believing God. And then it, it, it should influence your, your life, even in the moral issues. And, and it's, it's so... I, I think philosophically it's right. It's very, very difficult to build a, 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 a moral system that will be strong enough without inspiration from, from, from Hashem, from God. And in a practical level as well, because, because if it's just, the morality is just something that comes from yourself, it's easier to make compromise. You know, just today, just for example, if I, have, I decided that I have to lose some kilos, so I decided to stop eating chocolate, so from time to time, maybe I will just have such chocolate. But I, no, I will not, from time to time, just uh, have a chazir, um, how do you say, a, a pig or whatever. Why not? Because when, when I grew up, this, this is something that it is from God in my life. It's something that I, it will not be changed. It's not just depend on me. If it's just something that, if all my morality just, just try for myself, I think it's much easier to find any sort of, of compromise from time to time. If it's something that I take upon myself, the, the, that I know that it's something that morally it's something that comes from Ani Hashem. It's not just something that it is haskama ben bnei adam, just agreement between human beings. It's something that it's much stronger in my life. So, therefore, I, I, I would like to say that obviously there are very good people and moral people that you can find morality in people that are not religious. And unfortunately, there are religious people that this is a distortion of religion to have so kind, this kind of religious life without morality. But basically, the Torah wants to teach us all the time that there is a strong connection between them. And by, by putting an Hashem in your life, then you have a better way to deal with Latachmod, with the moral issues as well. This should bring you to a, a higher level of... of, of of, you know, what is really important in your life. I think the, the words of the Rambam here, it's such a good a, a, a idea to a, a advise to our life to put things in the right proportion. If you remind yourself all the time at Ani Hashem, that we believe in God, when standing in front of God, then you have a better way to do these moral challenges in your life as well. Okay, Toda Rabba. <laughs> you have any comments or questions or whatever? Bakasha. Bad speech, um, or uh, but just look to well it for the benefit of this learning. But I think there's some arrogance both in the secular Jewish world of I'm not a religious fanatic. I've got real sense of ethics, and in a religious world of uh, you know uh, the secular they have no ethics. They don't have any God or Torah. So I wonder how each side can be a little challenged. So I wonder. My, my question for you is, um, what do you see today looking at the Jewish people? as sort of the main ethical problem coming out of, let's say, however you understand the broader religious community, in terms of where their understanding of God and Torah is actually inhibiting eth ethics, and where do you see sort of among the broader secular uh, notion of the Jew where the lack of Torah and God consciousness is inhibiting their ethics. Does that make sense? 
Well, in practical, I, I, I'm, 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 I didn't, I'm not sure that I understand exactly your question. You are asking me practically, practically, if I can bring examples how morality, how religious life contribute to a higher level of, of morality? How the intellectual framework that's secular and the intellectual framework that's religious are working in unique barriers towards ethical action. Yeah. First of all, I, I'll tell you one thing. It's uh, the idea of family. The idea of family. I think uh, uh, any sort of, of moral, uh, um, uh, what I'll say, even the kedusha of the family, the holiness of, of the idea of, of family in religious life is much is a way to develop this kind of, of idea of having family with Neemanut, with total uh, commitment of both sides. And, and, with, with, uh, and I think it's much uh, uh, difficult to develop this idea when you live in a secular world. I'm, I'm not saying that it is impossible, because if the thing is, everything is just uh, self-fulfillment, after five years with my wife, I find someone else that is my fulfillment is, is better. The question is, obviously, in our life, we, we need this full uh, uh, self-fulfillment. But there are other values as well, as uh, commitment, as moral issues, as children, etc. And, and how to wait together in the modern world, if just have myself, my ego in the center of everything. So the commitment to the family is much lesser than in, if you live in a, in, in a place that you understand that there is a kedusha in the idea of family. There's just one... one Small issue, and, and the other is, is even, even more simple. A few years ago, we had a meeting with secular educators, uh, the rabbinim, the teachers of the yeshiva, and other, and we spoke about the idea of tzedakah. Tzedakah, everything oh, tzedakah. You don't have to religious to be given tzedakah, but they were amazed from the idea that we, with average salaries, gave maaser ksafim. Uh, how do you say, master, uh, uh, one tenth? Uh, huh? Five. Ten percent. Ten percent of our money. To, he says, wow, how can it be? But did you, did you plan to, to buy uh, dirot uh, um, homes to your children or whatever? How, how can you afford? So but when you live in, with the idea that this is a mitzvah, you understand there are people that are, they need your money. So... They all agree that this idea of zakah is very important, but if, if you have the mitzvot, it brings you to a different place of commitment. And you know, it's like th that you have to give. So I, I'm not saying it's, obviously, there are very generous uh, people on the other side and, 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 and the opposite side, but still I believe that this, on the other side, there are problems in the religious world. Just for example, we deal with it uh, very, very seriously in, in, in Israel, and you have it, uh, in, uh, we spoke about it uh, two hours ago, uh, um, how to relate to the non-Jews. Sometimes I feel within the religious community, there is a much more severe problem about how to relate to, to uh, refugees, how to, to help other people that are coming that are not Jews, how to have... Just for example, we, Rabbanei Betilel, we organized a few months ago, assembly, a very big assembly and, 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 and try to raise money for, for refugees in, from Syria. So it's a very complicated situation because Syria is an enemy of Israel, as you know. And, and both sides in Syria that are confronting, there is one thing in common. All of them hate Israelis, 
hate Israel, both sides, the regime in Syria and the Mordim, the rebels. Both of them, they hate each other, but even more than this, they hate Jews. But when you see the, the pictures of children dying in the most terrible ways in Syria, how can you ignore it? So we organized any sort of help for the children in Syria. And it was very well received in the wide community, but in the religious community, some of them said, why to, uh, why, to, uh, why should we help them? They are non-Jews, they are our enemies. So, it's, so this is an example to the other side that it's not always, in my eyes, it, it, it's very painful because I think it's a distortion of Yahadut. Although, okay, they are children and, and they are human beings, how can you ignore we as the Jewish people that we, we always say how could all the world just be silent in the time of the Holocaust? And it happened, you know, a few kilometers from us. Syria, it's, it's from, from my home, it's, it's uh, 200 kilometers. It's, it's, it's nearer from, from Yerushalayim. How can we not see it and not, and not do something? I think this is a part of the, of the Torah. So this is, a, I, I'm just giving an example that sometimes it's the opposite. Okay. So what are you saying the secular challenge is commitment in a sense, and the religious challenge is tribalism? Okay, in a way. Ken, vakasha. Um, I don't know how to put this without it. Without what? Getting blanched. Okay. Uh, this is a safe place. <laughs> okay. Uh, Feel free. That's the whole idea. You are in the United States. The United States has a dominant Christian culture. And if you give this lecture to a more mixed audience, I think, I may be wrong, because maybe you are saying this, that they're going to hear it differently than I at least hear. Because that culture depends upon almost speaking to God. Almost what? Speaking to God. Yeah. Speaking with God. Okay, so? There's communication. Okay. Uh, particularly in the fundamentalist part of that. Culture, yeah. The Protestant yeah. fundamentalist part. I view Judaism, and this is where I get clenched, uh, <laughs> as, as a system of rules or laws that a being called Hashem has given us as a gift that we may all rise eventually in 5,000 years to something like his level. So I don't view this as, I don't, I don't go home and say, hey, Joe God, you know, I'd like a new Cadillac. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not joking. There, there are these mega Protestant churches where that's the theology. You just ask God for the new Cadillac, and really? if if you stick some money in the donation plate, He will give it to you. Uh, and I think you have to be careful in this society about saying the kind of things. I, I, I agree, but I think, you know, but first of all, in Judaism, there is this, this kind of, of uh, some Hasidic uh, uh, groups that they believe in something very, very different. Just speak to God, he will help you, etc. I think it's a very simplistic way to, to, to think about Emunah. And, sorry? And, yeah, so, but, but what, what, I, what we have learned, I don't see... 
that in a way this is something that supports this kind of simplistic way. I, I'm not trying to say that by by speaking to God, but but by by feeling, by believing, by standing in front of God, I think the the idea of that idea of tefillah basically is standing in front of God three times a day. I'm stopping whatever what I'm doing and just try to really to think about it. And this should be, bring a different proportion to my life to someone that is not doing it. Should. I, I'm not saying it's not automatically happened, but if I, I, I aware about it, it should, it should make me a better human being. I think, I think what I'm trying to say yeah. is there's a certain ambiguity in this word God. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who think, and I agree. many Jews, I suspect, that God is like Joe. Mm -hmm. You know, I go have a chat with mm -hmm. Joe. Okay. And I say, yeah, you have to be careful about it. I'm sure. I'll, I'll keep. I'll Good. tie. And you give me a Cadillac. Ah. Good. Okay. Make sure. Okay. okay. Um, and I don't know how Thank you. You speak about no vengeance and a lot of forgiveness, but it seems that our studies are different the, from the Amalekites, the second half of the book of Esther, to the destruction in the book of Noah. So how do we, how do we balance these when we read our own Torah, we read our own studies, which seem to be filled, somewhat filled with vengeance. Uh, a lot of vengeance. So, in fact, I, doesn't God say I am a vengeful God? Okay, okay. Is that, is that, no, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, uh, well, deal with it a lot in our yeshiva with this kind of, uh, but basically, let's, try, let's take a, an example from Amalek. I think the, if you just read the Torah itself, the written Torah, you have the feeling that Torah is a lot of revenge in the Torah. But when you look at Torah Shebaal Peh, the oral Torah, you can see it's different. That Amalek, it's an idea that you have to deal with the evil in the world. But when it comes to Lemaise, if you read the Rambam, you will say that Amalek Sheishlim, if you take upon yourself the seven mitzvot of Neinoach, he is not Amalek anymore. This is halacha. So the, if you just uh, are karai, how do you say karai? If you just read the Torah, the Torah itself, I agree with you. But there is a Torah Shebaal Peh that make it in the same way in, in other things, in, in, in the Megillah as well. Uh, the Jews killed mevakshein nafsham, not just kill all the, just the, the people that want to kill them. So 
even if you would, many mitzvot in the Torah, mot yumat, mot yumat, we have to kill him if he did such a thing. But when you come to the Torah Shebaal Pez, they say, no, no, it's not really like this. After just, just after many, many proofs and many conditions, then you have this din of, of uh, to, to, to kill this, this person. So we have to see the Torah in whole, and then you see that sometimes you need a very strong word in order to make a statement, but then you come to the Lema'aseh, to the practical life, that is the way to find a way how to put it in the right way in, in our life. So this is the balance between Torah Shebech and Torah Shebech Alpeh. Okay. Oh, one more question. Um, and if, I, if you already said it and I missed it, then forget it. But did you ever answer the question about the order? Ken. You did? Ken. Okay, so then I, I missed it. Uh, what, what, about, what, about the structure? Or about, the, about the structure, why it goes in reverse direction. Ah, okay. That, ah, okay. okay. That, that's in the beginning. That between man and God, first of all, you have to, be, to have an emunah. And then you have to come to the mitzvot and tefillah. But, but between man and man, first of all, you have to be moral. If you understand or not, do not murder. Do not commit murder. Just afterwards, the higher level is to be moral even in your mouth. And then even in your... The madrigot olot, okay? Thank you very much. Bye bye. Good night. Hi, this is Shmuley Yanklowitz. I hope you enjoyed listening to this fascinating lecture. At VBM, we strive to bring you only the best in Jewish educational programming. To do this, we host a wide variety of events throughout our learning season, including panels, classes, and lectures, like the one you've just listened to. Please consider going to www.valleybaitmadrash.org and donating to Valley Beit Midrash to support the expansion of meaningful Jewish education. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.